Well, Jesus did not die to make us materially wealthy. He died to make us right with God. The greatest need man has uh, is not for a larger house, for a better car, or a better bank account. It's, it's to be made right with God. From Walking in Grace, this is the Straight Truth Podcast, Christian truths in an increasingly secular world. Welcome again to the Straight Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Philpot. As always, I'm joined by Richard Caldwell, the pastor of Founders Baptist Church. And our special guest today is Stuart Sanders, pastor of Tomball Bible Church here in North Houston. As always, we invite you to leave a comment for us, and then we get to know your thoughts as we address these important issues. Pastor, sometimes attacks on Christianity are from atheists, those who just don't believe anything that the Bible says. They don't even believe that God exists. But other times attacks on Christianity come from people that subtly reinterpret what the Bible actually says, whether that's about God or about us, how we should live. And I'm thinking of the Apostle Paul even charging Timothy to not, to not teach any different doctrine than what he passed down to him. Right. Oftentimes, especially here in Texas, we hear about this, this phrase, the prosperity gospel. Is that a is that a different gospel altogether? Is that a subtle reinterpretation about what, what the Bible really says about what the gospel is? What is the prosperity gospel and how should Christians respond to that? The prosperity gospel is, uh, is teaching that um, would say um, God's plan for his people is not just the forgiveness of their sins, but then um, health and wealth in this world um, because Christ died not only to make them right with God, but to provide those things for them. Mm-hmm. So they would believe that, that health and wealth is included in the atonement of Christ. And so uh, one of the ways that you'll measure your faith and one of the ways that you'll measure your, your um, godliness is, is by whether or not your internal riches are being manifested externally. Mm-hmm. So they would say, you're, you're rich in Jesus Christ, you just need to know that. Mm-hmm. And then if you know that, it'll begin to manifest itself externally as you believe God um, and speak these things that are in agreement with what God wants for you and that sort of thing. It's also called word of faith. Mm-hmm. I wish it were just contained to the state of Texas. Unfortunately, it's been Im- exported all over the world. And so it's, mm-hmm. it impacts the mission field and all over the United States, of course. I have a soft spot in my heart for the people who are uh, taken captive by it because mm-hmm. uh, my mother was raised in the charismatic movement. And then I can remember, well, my grandmother lived with us uh, my growing up years, and I can remember my grandmother taking the little bit of money that she had and giving it to these prosperity preachers. Mm-hmm. So it makes me sad uh, when mm-hmm. I see this taking place in the world. I don't think it's a subtle distortion. I think it's a it's pretty um, significant distortion of scripture. Mm-hmm. It, it, it literally, we could ask, I guess, you know, what does it not distort about the Christian life? Mm-hmm. It's a distortion of prosperity. Uh, so let's just start there. Prosperity mm-hmm. gospel. It's a distortion of prosperity because it defines prosperity in terms of material wealth. Mm-hmm. If you are wealthy in material terms, then you, you're prosperous. If you're not wealthy in material terms. Uh, then you're not. So it's a distortion of prosperity. I'll talk more about that in a, in a moment. It's also uh, obviously a distortion of the gospel mm-hmm. because uh, material prosperity is not a part of the gospel message, not in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something they have read onto the gospel. They're not reading that out of the scriptures, and we can demonstrate that. 
So it's, it's a distortion of the gospel. Jesus did not die to make us materially wealthy. Mm. He died to make us right with God. The greatest need man has uh, is not for a larger house or a better car or a better bank account. It's, it's to be made right with God. Jesus died for sinners mm-hmm. to bring us the forgiveness of our sins. Um, so it's a distortion of the gospel. And then it's a distortion of the fruits of righteousness because uh, the, the evidence that you are living a godly life is not how wealthy you are. Uh, there are other evidences uh, identified in the New Testament. And so ultimately what it amounts to is a distortion of God. Mm-hmm. You end up with a false God, a false gospel, mm-hmm. and a false sense of what righteousness is. So in every way, it's a distortion. Um, I'd like to hear Stuart talk a little bit more about it, and then I've got some verses of Scripture I want to share that I think will demonstrate what I've just said. So so the, these pastors, so to speak, yeah. they often say, say Stuart, that uh, they believe in God. Yeah. They believe in Jesus. Yeah. They believe that Jesus died for our sins. Yeah. But then they take what Pastor has said and, and distort the gospel totally. How, how would yeah. you address the situation? Maybe if somebody came from uh, yeah. a prosperity gospel church to your church, mm-hmm. how do you address it with them? Yeah, talking through that, I would, I would want to be very clear on things that Richard said, <clears throat> like Jay Gresham Machen said uh, in his fight against liberalism in the early 20th century, is that we're not talking about a variation. We're talking about a different religion. Mm-hmm. That this is, you have similar titles for your deities, mm-hmm. but they're not the same. In, in any way, that this is a fundamentally different belief system mm. that, and you may even be appealing to the same sacred text, but you are not talking about the same God. Mm. It is a different religion. And what they're offering, so if somebody came to my church and was speaking about that and talking through those things, the thing I wanna always point to is that what those guys are giving you is what you want as an unconverted person. Mm-hmm. So. They say, oh, we believe in Jesus, we believe in God and the forgiveness of sins. But what an unconverted person is going to hear is what they already want, which Mm. is, if you have this God, then you will have money, you will lose that nagging five pounds, Mm. and you will never be sick. Mm. And so they're going to hear that way over because that's what an unconverted person wants. They already want to not struggle financially. They already Mm. want to not have cancer. So you're just, so you're, that's what makes it the distortion of the gospel is it's, it's completely warped it into appealing to an unconverted heart instead of calling unconverted hearts to repent and believe the, the true gospel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I would take that person and talk to them as an unbeliever and we would start just defining terms. Like, like you would with a, mm-hmm. with a Mormon or a Jehovah's Witness. They have right. the same names in yeah, their yeah. sacred books, right. but we're gonna have to talk definitions, even down to the level of what baptism is. Mm-hmm. Like what are we talking about when we say Jesus, when we say God, when we say, prosperity when we say the benefits of, of wealth because there's a promise in scripture that nobody wants to claim. Mm-hmm. And, and for in and, and 2 Timothy 3, where all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Mm-hmm. That's a promise. Mm-hmm. And so why are we claiming that promise and mm-hmm. naming that promise? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's where I would go if, if a, yeah. somebody from that background come, came into my church. That's good, George. So let's, let's give a biblical example of this. So the rich young ruler, mm-hmm. Matthew good. chapter 19. Verse 16, behold, a a man came up to him saying, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments. He said to him, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, 
Honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these I've kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. That's interesting. That, that is not the gospel, right? I mean, we would not preach to a lost person, go sell all of your possessions, mm. and uh, you'll have treasure in heaven. That's, that's not the gospel message. But our Lord, knowing the heart of this man, knowing his, his, his idolatry, and that is his money, puts his finger right on that issue. This is a rich young man who comes running to Jesus, who falls down on his knees before Jesus. Um, in every way, we would say, oh, this is a genuine mm. uh, seeking after Christ. And Christ puts his finger first on the, on the law in general. If you kept the commandments of God, pointing this man to his sinfulness, he can't see it. He, he said, I've kept all those, yeah. which is ludicrous. And so Jesus puts his finger on the issue of yeah. no other God before me, right? No matter uh, of idolatry. What do you value more than God? Is Jesus the treasure you're seeking? Or is there something else you would value more? Mm. And so he says, you go sell all of your riches, give them away, give it to the poor. You come follow me. And here's the contrast that I think speaks to the issue we're discussing. You'll have treasure in heaven. Mm-hmm. You'll, have, you'll have eternal riches. Yeah. So how does the young man respond? When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter into the kingdom of heaven. And on he goes. <clears throat> and the point being, if, if material riches um, are a part of the gospel message, if it's come to Jesus and he will make you healthy and he will make you wealthy, Jesus could have easily just baptized this man's desires mm-hmm. into the matter of following him. Hey, you've already got a good head start, <laughs> right? I mean, you're already wealthy. Yeah. So you follow me and you'll really appreciate those riches. And in addition to that, all these other things will be added to you. Jesus doesn't do that. He, he paints a contrast mm-hmm. to what this man has pursued all of his life. Mm-hmm. And what he's offering to the man is not material wealth, but eternal wealth. Yeah. And so, so at the point of the gospel, you see how there's a distortion in the, in the prosperity gospel. Um, then in, in terms of what following Christ means, mm-hmm. uh, Stuart already referenced it, uh, 2 Timothy 3.12. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. This is what belongs to godly living, yeah. persecution. And I think about Hebrews 11.36, where the writer is describing, um, it's really a testimony to faith, what yeah. genuine faith produces in human lives. And he says, others suffered mocking, and flogging, and even chains, and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were killed with the sword, they went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, destitute, afflicted, mistreated. And then he says this, of whom the world was not worthy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. These weren't rich people. These were destitute people, Mm -hmm. but they were rich in faith. And the world wasn't worthy of those people. So if they had measured their godliness, their spiritual riches by their material wealth, yeah. they would have been spiritually poor. But, but the writer describes them as spiritually rich. Mm. Um, one last verse of scripture, Luke 12, 33, sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. That is not the message of the prosperity gospel. 
You know, one of the things that you can do to test whether you're getting the true gospel or not is realize that Jesus is the Savior for the whole world. For every man, every woman, he's the only Savior God has given to mankind. And so the message of Christ transcends culture. It trans- transcends times in history. Uh, obviously, people groups, languages, and all of that. So if what you're preaching as the gospel won't work everywhere in the world mm-hmm. with every group of people, you know you don't have the true gospel. Mm-hmm. So go into these places where people, where poverty is nationwide yeah. and try preaching the prosperity gospel there. How will it work? Take the prosperity gospel into the prisons. Uh, we, we've talked to, to men who are in prison literally for the rest of their lives now. How are they gonna practice the prosperity gospel? It, it just doesn't work because it's not true. It's a distortion of prosperity. It's a distortion of the gospel. It's a distortion of the fruits of righteousness. Therefore, it's a distortion of God. It is a false mm. God, a false gospel mm. uh, that just uses, as Stuart said so well, the same names, mm-hmm. right? The same vocabulary, but a different dictionary. Thanks again for joining us for the Straight Truth Podcast. Now you can find all of our social media channels at our website, straighttruth.net. And so don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast. You can also find us in the podcast feed of your choice if you would like the audio-only version of this podcast. Now, Straight Truth is a production of Walking in Grace Ministries. For more info, go to walkingingrace.org. Thank you.